0: Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food producers and food consumers. On my far right, it's Andrew Henderson. And this may get a little sentimental, actually, folks, because we are doing this on Saturday. Just letting you know, we recorded this on Saturday at High Plains Cattle Supply, Brush, Colorado. And it was our final public outing after a week together non-stop.
1: Yep. It's uh, hopefully not the final destination, but it's certainly the final talk on this tour.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a final destination for the tour. I, okay, I stand corrected.
1: Okay. Well, I want to come back. So there you go.
0: I don't know if you're welcome back or not. Well, Furthermore,
1: um, they haven't let you out yet. Pardon? They haven't let you out. Well, they've let, they've let me out once, and uh, I've even had uh, the, 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 the owner and uh, or the, the managing director of Beck News, his, his wife says she wakes up with me in bed every morning at 6.30. So that's quite good. Are you sure you want to share that publicly? <laughs> I don't know. Can I share that publicly, Derek? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh, News by the way. Chuck Miller in center field hometown boy brush colorado and just not trying to get used to having a microphone in his hand
2: well andrew just so you know you get him woke up at 6 30 and i take over at 6:45. do you really yeah on the local local uh, radio station yes
1: fantastic fantastic
2: yes bryson i think we have a little combination problem here i think andrew's mic went dead but i'm not sure no i f- i think it's okay all right it's okay well, anyway, it's an honor to be between these two, and I asked my daughter to take a picture because you don't get uh, this opportunity very often. And uh, got the opportunity to meet John Boland years ago, and what a fantastic story! And you look out across here, you know, I've got a couple classmates sitting right here, Mike and Mary Gwen, and uh, I'm three years older than them, but uh, we all graduated together. And so it's, uh, or wait, Mike's three years older than us. I told that story wrong, right? But uh, nonetheless,
0: and that was a joke, Trent, if you didn't get I, that. I only got held back one year, so I'm better than you. That's right. <laughs> you got held back three years, Chuck? Well, we won't tell everybody. <laughs> How is it that your kids achieved so many, st- oh, yeah, that Norma thing. Okay, got That's it. That's
1: right. Uh, who?
0: The postman? Norma.
1: No, oh, Norma. Okay. Yes.
0: But it's, it's an honor
2: to sit here with my grandchildren in the crowd and sitting between you two and lots of wonderful people from Northeast Colorado. And yes, I was uh, very proud of uh, Andrew uh, to say this morning that uh, there's a lot of similarity across the country, and uh, but they all have a different little twist. And uh, I got the opportunity to meet uh, Twent- Trent some uh, 20 years ago. And we've walked down many paths uh, before and we've come around uh, on the same path numerous times, and yes, uh, being being asked to be a spokesperson for a property rights organization 23 years ago really gave me the opportunity to dig into private property rights. Now I understand a lot of people say uh, uh, personal property rights, and a lot of people just say property rights, but. Uh, Being in the real estate business and also in the auction business, and I must thank uh, Jim O'Dell for giving me that opportunity uh, about 44 years ago and uh, knocking on my door and asking me to become a a professional auctioneer and be part of their team. And and yes, what an opportunity in life. But uh, to have my grandkids sitting in the crowd, I'm probably going to get a little emotional today. And uh, it's just really awesome to uh, uh, see all the challenges that we're faced with today no matter what walk of life you're in. We've got a lot of, a lot of agriculture people and a lot of livestock people here with us today, but uh, you know, we've all got friends that live downtown and work in town and the challenges that they're going through. And it's pretty amazing what Trent and a lot of these guys have taught me over the years Is how to connect the dots and the property rights organization really taught me how to collect connect the dots Dr. Chuck leaf who uh, uh, is a hydrologic engineer who walked away from a job in the federal government Because he could no longer do to the people what the federal government were asking him to do Uh, The people that i met through this dr. Leaf was one of the people that uh, wanted the property rights organization to start and it was all over shutting down 2,800 or 2,400 irrigation wells and drying up 82,000 acres of good farm ground in the state of Colorado over one court case called the Empire Lodge. And that changed the rules and regulations to the use of water. And that's what got me going 23 years ago uh, in in, uh, digging into that And then a farmer out here by the name of Vic Quint was also instrumental, a guy that had a tremendous amount of just wisdom and knowledge and pretty much got it all in the cab of a loader loading manure. A lot of people know Vic Quint, and he moved a lot of manure, and that's what he did for a living. And all that wisdom and knowledge was, you might say, Andrew,
1: digging in the poop. Yeah, but it's it's all...
3: Hugely important. Andrew, you
1: need to get on top that little you Pardon? It's all hugely important, though, because once you start digging in the poo, as you say, you start to find things that really shouldn't be there. And that's what we are seeing now. And luckily, a lot of the things that shouldn't be in there, in that swamp, if you like, is starting to poke its little head out of the top of that poo. That's correct. Yeah. So you say about property rights here. How many people are aware that 3,000 Dutch farmers will lose their farms in the next three months? Can I have a show of hands? Wow, that's good, that's impressive. Well, what, what's even worse about that is if they refuse to take the money that's been offered in the first round of offers from the Dutch government, which, by the way, have rescinded the law to shut those farms down, but the European Union has said, sorry, you're too late, you already passed the law how about that their own government voted to rescind the law and the european union told the dutch government sorry you're too late we take control of your farms and they tell these farmers if they don't sell that what will happen is they won't be able to buy a farm anywhere else in europe all for climate change really so I'm trying to say that's why things are different in different. They're doing the same thing in different ways in different countries. Now, I'll tell you what that actually means for you sat here. And that's why if anybody watches across the pond, you'll know that Trent and I have discussions about local and national and international politics. But Holland are the biggest exporters of meat, dairy, um, and, well, and partly vegetables as well, to the whole of Europe. So if you shut down half of their farms, it's not just the farms that you don't produce anything from. They've got this huge infrastructure which imports meat, milk, cheese, everything, and then distributes it out to the rest of Europe. What it will do, point blank, is short food in Europe. And that point blank will have a huge effect on you in the United States. Because where there's one bottleneck, there's another problem. So I'm just trying to show you how these criminals are working lockstep together. Sorry, carry on.
2: No, that was perfect because uh, that's, uh, that's what, I, what I learned through the Property Rights Organization is uh, there's direct contact between all of these and we call it, we use a term here, carrot, dangling a carrot in yeah. front of
1: you. Sprat to get a mackerel.
2: <laughs> there you go. But uh, each and every one of us. We've
1: never put it that way before, Andrew. You don't like (laughs) (laughs) micro-trent. No, I don't.
2: (laughs) But each and every one of us uh, has a carrot dangling in front of us now. It doesn't matter what we do for a living. We have a carrot dangling in front of us. And it's called uh, some sort of government funding. Mm. Uh, You know, being in the real estate business, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I sell farms and ranches. I don't sell a lot of houses. But I grew up uh, in my early years of selling houses. I don't understand how we can have a shortage of workforce and a shortage of housing. That's opposite ends of the spectrum. That doesn't make any sense to me.
1: (laughs) Say that again. shortage of workforce and a shortage of housing. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? And how can you have... um, a massive increase of immigration, and still no people to take the jobs. So, if then that means that, let's just say you're paying these 18 to 45 year old. Funny enough, they seem to be males as well. I don't know whether you've noticed that, and they're paid $2,200 a month with a cell phone and a guaranteed place to live, which is more than your veterans. Who pays for that, folks? Yes, we do. We do.
0: We do. And we all do. We, but you just left out, Andrew, you have the same exact payment structure in the UK as we have in the US. No, we pay slightly more. We pay in pounds, oh, not you dollars. you always <laughs> got to be bigger and better. You might as well no, be from Texas. It's, t- it's
1: 2,200 pounds versus 2,200 dollars. But that tells you that somebody else or something else or someone else is, is actually controlling all this. And we have to go to a break. We are at our first break. I'm going to remind you about healthy living.
0: And it comes back to nitric oxide is one of the key elements that you must have at the proper level in your body. Dr. Nathan Bryan has all of the details. You can find those on the website, no2u.com. That's N-O for nitric oxide. two number two, letter U.com. And if you put Trent as a coupon code... You'll pay no shipping, N-O-2-U.com. I've been doing this every day for 18 years. We're back with more Roll route from High Plains Cattle Supply, Brush, Colorado. Chuck Miller, Andrew Henderson, and my vocal cords will not get much stress today. I'm just sure of that. More with Chuck and Andrew after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside. I say that every day, alongside. And this week, literally, I've been alongside people. It's, we should just do it live every day, Chuck. Yep, your microphone has to be to your
1: mouth for you to people to hear what you say. (laughs) My, you're a slow learner. Yeah, but it's better live because people make mistakes live more than they do on, you know, when you can get your face makeup all done, Trent, and stuff like that. You can't do that when it's live. I have
0: no idea what you're talking about.
1: Oh, Oh, you don't?
0: Before we dive into another property rights or water issue or real estate, does anybody have a question, comment? that they would like to interject at this time. I got John Boland ready to come to you with the microphone if that's the case. I don't want you to, oh, here we go, perfect. Don't no, be a Chuck is Miller Linda now. My
4: am from Colorado, um, northwest corner of the state, and thanks for saying hi to Rhonda out in Wisconsin. She's our <laughs> counterpart with the Normandy Cattle. But my question, and I guarantee you, I'm gonna have a bunch of them through this, is we all talk about everybody coming across the border and the potential of you know, Hamas and you know, that type of person. So you gotta think everything all the way through to, to the end of what the globalists are doing. And this might be a question for you too. So we bring in all these terrorists and they do what? And then how are they controlled afterwards? I mean, what do you think their plan is to control the people that they're bringing in once the people do what they want done?
1: Does anybody, anybody here know what hap- is happening in France over the last two months in the streets of Paris and, and the major cities in France? Can anybody show of hands if you know what's happening in France? Wow. France is having major riots worse than yours in Detroit for Black Lives Matter and things like that. They're having a complete meltdown of society in their major cities. One of the ways to cause complete (laughs) breakdown of society and disenfranchise everybody is to make people angry. So the French people are angry because they've seen that they've had unfettered immigration for a long time But you know what? The best way to do it is for the federal government, or similar to federal government, to stop paying the immigrants. Then they have no money and no food. That's when the real fun begins. And MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, none of them are reporting it. What do you think of that?
0: it was interesting chuck that a year and a half ago you guys might have caught steve sanderson on Roll route steve sanderson is, is a family friend he's a veteran united states army he got out of the army because they told him he had to take a jab he wouldn't be a part of that and now he's a private pilot and he's married to a young lady from venezuela i think he was married too but that's not part of the story But what is part of the story is that he has a connection to Venezuela. And he told us on Roll Route a year and a half ago that there's a major problem developing in Venezuela where they're bringing young Iranian men to Venezuela to train them and then sending them to the border. It was about six weeks ago that there was a couple of the major media outlets that whimpered a hint of this. But when I was at Eagle Pass a year ago, on November the 6th, the day before I got there, 1,600 showed up at Del Rio the day before, in formation, all at one time. I mean, I don't know that doesn't answer your question, because I don't know what happens after that. What I do know is that we do the same thing that we always talk about. We prepare in Morgan County. And we come back to the whole concept of the community, which at the time this country was founded, We relied upon the community for so many things, and that has to be part of the answer, Chuck.
2: Well, the thing I want to point out on this topic is uh, I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands because every hand will raise, but there isn't one of us sitting here today or standing here today that haven't received some form of funding in the last five years Mm -hmm. and took it. I don't see anybody uh, getting upset that no, they did not take any. Every one of us received some form of funding. Whether it was your return check of the excess taxes from the governor of the state of Colorado trying to get your vote this last year, which was by the first and first the first time we've ever got a check here in the state of Colorado for excess taxes. But nonetheless, every one of us has taken money from the government, some source of government, for some reason. COVID. They dished out money like crazy. A lot of you people took COVID money. (laughs) So what we're talking about here, I brought up dangling the carrot. I'm going to go through with, yes, we've received money. We've taken money. And now that you've taken it, this is what we're talking about. Mm. Is once you take it, what did Joe Friend say? There's nothing free in America. Nothing did, free did, Are in you America. sure Joe
0: Friend created that slogan?
2: Well, he's the one that uh, brought it really to my attention. <laughs> but uh, when you think about that, the opportunities you have to take money. I don't care whether it's storing a carbon credit
0: I agree.
2: Or whether
1: you are uh, doing the thing with the methane gas. Exactly. I mean, if you actually think about what we're talking about is we're stealing from our children and our grandchildren. We are stealing from them because they're going to have to pay it back. You in this country have a three trillion, trillion budget deficit per year. So somebody somewhere is going to have to pay that back. They're giving you your dollars. Well, actually, they're giving you your children and your children's children's dollars to spend now. It's like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory the wrong way around. John Boland, do you want to answer her question?
5: What I have to say about her question about the the terrorists coming across our border is, is just based on my past experience and knowledge on the matter. I don't have an inside information inside privy to that now. But I will tell you that when I was on the U.S. Marshals, we would regularly get updated when there was someone on the terror watch list in our region. There is in fact terrorists in this country. They they have in fact been coming across our border. My theory on this, and it's interesting, Trent and I were discussing this in the truck just before we got here. I don't believe that we will see the same type of attack that Israel is seeing from these terrorists at this moment. I believe it is more likely, let me back up a little bit, that could happen, absolutely that could happen. We should always prepare for the worst case scenario. But what I believe will happen is all of these terrorists that have come across the border are are coming across because they're being paid to come across and they will be the ones that form these huge groups that just pop up out of nowhere and create chaos before the 2024 election. That's my theory. Those folks that that have the mask on and they belong to these Black Lives Matter groups and Antifa and these different groups, whatever name that they wanna attach to themselves, I don't believe that the majority of those are American citizens doing that or they will not be the next time it happens. I believe that's what they're doing.
0: Any other questions or comments? I got one minute and then I'm gonna go to a break. Did you have something else, Chuck, quick you wanted to add? Well, I'm really glad
2: that John's here to give us that insight because uh, we out here in the sticks, you know, we we don't wanna think about this. We don't wanna dig into it. We wanna wake up every morning and, and, and enjoy what our forefathers have done for us. And we don't, we don't want to dig into that. But I'm really glad we have you here today to explain that because it's real.
0: It is real. And it's also real that since January of 2021, the revoking of ATF firearms licenses like this shop right here has increased by 500%. increase in the revoking of firearms licenses by the ATF since January 2025, or since January 2021. I don't remember what happened in January 2021, but it was something significant. We've got to take a break. Oh, that don't also, if you just pay attention to the news, which I don't, but John keeps me informed. He was all the way down here. The rhetoric about eliminating our ability to have the Second Amendment continues to permeate throughout our country and that's a place where we need to take a stand as well. Speaking of taking a stand, I want to remind you that Simpson Farm Enterprises, from Hayes, Kansas, also a shop in Grand Island, Nebraska, all throughout Hayes, certainly has a big presence in Northeast Colorado, where we're at right now, with the Apache sprayers. We talk about a sprayer technology that has innovation and reliability, but most importantly, service. Nobody does it better than Simpson Farm Enterprises. And I asked Lonnie Wilson. I'll bet he knows all about it down there in Thomas County, Kansas I don't know that I'm just guessing he knows for sure simpsonfarm.com we'll be back with the second half of Roll route after this welcome back Trent Luce alongside Chuck Miller in the middle Andrew Henderson on the right and I just realized that I didn't do something that I should have and have done every other day this week the folks listening at home don't know if I'm just making up. We need to have a fact-checking on whether we have a live studio audience or not, Andrew. Don't you think? Yeah. Is sure. there anybody here? Yeah. That's, that's not the same level of energy we've had in other crowds. I think you've got them all scared now. One of oh. you two. Or maybe it's a young lady from Craig who made it happen that's right <laughs> any other questions or comments as we kick off into the
5: third segment here
0: john i got a guy in the front row with a question comment i think his name's todd
5: i was having a great conversation over okay here, but you're, you just interrupted me
0: you're look <laughs> now you were hired to do a job and all of a sudden now you're over just you know talking like an illegal yeah. getting paid to do nothing
5: it's you've all been saying it's hard to find good help we've got a
0: question right here in the front row Tad McMillan from uh, Weld County, just one county west of here. Uh, I'm an ag teacher over there. I've taught ag for 34 years. I did another 10 years of some other stuff in between. Um, what I'd like to say is, is I'm going to personally take time off on November 8th. Uh, go to go to the UK. Spend some time in London. Spend some time in Scotland. Um, it's been a bucket list of my own. And uh, I, my wife actually watched Outlander and she decided maybe she would want to go to Scotland too and see some castles. So uh, I might need to bend your ear a little bit after this is over and, and find out. I'm going to go to Sterling. I'm going to go to a livestock auction. I'm going to wow. go to a, try to go to a dairy, maybe with your help, That's go to a sheep a farm and try to bring back a whole bunch of information for my students um, uh, that, ab- about agriculture in a foreign country.
1: Well, you'd be welcome. And um and if you share what's happening to your, uh, in your area, that would be great for us. So you'll be welcome to come round some dairies. Ours is mainly dairy. I'm Cheshire, which is the northwest of England. Although I'm Scottish, I work in Cheshire, the northwest of England. And you'd be more than welcome to come and visit us there. And uh, while you're there, maybe you want to go to Clarkson's Farm as well, because he needs some sorting out, if any of you watch that on TV. And if you haven't watched it, I suggest you do because it's had a huge positive effect on the people with the chimneys in the cities and towns. Because Jeremy Clarkson is—he's um, a huge name in, in the in the uh, sporting car arena. He's now got his own farm, and the empathy that he has produced for farmers of all types—you know, dairy, beef, sheep and arable has been unbelievable and I I, I urge you to watch it and encourage uh, Americans from all walks of life to watch this because it really does bring to bear some of the absolute garbage that comes down from government to make farming difficult to achieve. So that's why my plug there so So when you come in.
0: Andrew that's a great question though. if somebody just, if he just called you out of the blue and said, he didn't name what, you know, he wanted to see a dairy, he wanted to see whatever, what would you suggest if someone in agriculture from the United States was coming to the UK, what are the top three priorities they should see about UK, including Scotland, about agriculture that you would want them to share? Good things or bad things? I don't know. Okay. Well, which which I- would be most important?
1: For me the most important would be to show the positive things because the positive things that are happening is that farmers are becoming um, Much more aware of the value of the forages and the products that they produce and that is helping them become more efficient and It's pushing back against the government um, uh, Edicts if you like around what they can and can't do So I think we are leading the way in some things with regards to waste of of, uh, pasture and waste of uh, our own homegrown forages, and that's maximizing profitability because we're not having to um, use more fertilizer, buy more feed, and uh, those areas, you know, we're really making some huge giant steps, which is really defeating what the government want to see, which is uh, shortages of food.
0: Chuck, how would you answer that question of Someone, uh, Well, if Andrew said, hey, Chuck, I want to spend two more days here in Colorado, what do you want me to see?
2: Well, there's so much to see in Colorado. I bet there is. But I would think that we'd want to show you the good and the bad. Oh, okay. And uh, the probably, probably the bad first, which I would drive you downtown Denver. And you would see the bad that we were very proud of just five short years ago. Uh, In Denver, Colorado, they rejuvenated downtown. It became a marvelous place. It became a very safe place. And it was actually fun to drive an hour and a half and go downtown to a show or go downtown and just spend some time. And unfortunately, since COVID and the Black Lives Matters and all the things that we've had, numerous buildings with the windows boarded up and unbelievable amount of homeless unbelievable amount of homeless which John could they be planted there for a reason the homeless downtown Denver?
5: Did you say planted there for a reason? Planted I I don't know if I agree with that But I believe that they're being allowed to just live there for just to cause discourse and and Uncertainty now could it be easy to plant someone within that community? Absolutely, it'd be the perfect opportunity to plant an actor of some type in that community.
2: So, I would take you downtown and, and show you what I consider the worst part of the state of Colorado today. We have many different beliefs down there than we used to have, and, uh, and, and lots of things we can go on and on and on. But then, what I'd take you is I'd have you drive the South Platte River. Along with me or I might even rent a helicopter from a good friend right up here at Fort Morgan and fly you down the South Platte River and Explain the water system to you in the state of Colorado and how it works and what the effects are because water Is the lifeblood of the world
1: absolutely
2: and there's no form of life that survives without water and I'll just make this comment that something simple we might think about is when we started buying bottled water. Jim O'Dell, how long ago did you buy your first bottle of water?
0: Jim needs just a Just a year ago,
2: he said. <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> bottled water hasn't been around the point I'm trying to make. Bottled water hasn't been around all that long. It wasn't around when we were in high school, was it? No. No, and that's just been 22 years ago, right? But uh, it hasn't been around for more than 20, 25 years. And when we agreed to buy a bottle of water, we agreed that the federal government would take over the simple lifeblood of the world and control it, and we would pay for it.
1: That's a brilliant analogy. And actually, this is Dasani, which is Coca-Cola that owned this. And Get, uh, Andrew, sorry. i got to
0: point out, we still have feed being sold out of High Plains. I, know, I like supply. I like this is awesome.
1: Nobody's getting welfare checks here. We're still sending <laughs> feed out to feed livestock. Go ahead. <laughs> so this Dasani water, this was, is owned by Coca-Cola. This is banned in the U- UK. Did you know that? No. It's banned because they add things to it. Just sort of tell you. Um, but
3: it, it, it was made I'd
4: available
0: thought, here so that we had a, 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 you know, an educational moment to know that you're drinking things that are added to the water.
1: Yeah. Now, <laughs> the thing that's really interesting about this conversation, and I, I, I have to congratulate you for bringing it up, Andrew. We actually are paying more for this than a liter of milk in the UK, or the equivalent of this, I should say. And you're absolutely right. What a scam that is. And probably petro. Pardon? Probably petro, your gas. Oh, oh gas. That's a big scam.
0: But is, isn't this more than gas in
1: the uh, UK? Hang on. How, much would the, how many cents would this be? Oh, those are... How much? If you bought one individually, not in a package. $1.19. For one individually. And how many for a, it's not even a pint, the equivalent amount of milk, how much? Oh, my goodness.
0: We're going to have to do cowboy arithmetic now while we're on the
1: show. Well, it's actually relevant, though. It is very relevant. Anybody got an idea? I'd John, like
0: figure out how much is, what's this, $4 a gallon? Is that what the number is? It's so about the same price. Well, it's, it's more because we've been buying fuel. Ga- I paid gas three
1: forty nine this morning. <laughs> these was four dollars well we're paying uh just short of um 12 for a gallon of gas mm, 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 mm. 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 but um you know there's a saying some people can sell ice cream to eskimos and uh we're the eskimos
0: okay and there's still lines at
2: the pumps
1: yep
0: yep So I wanted to answer my own question because as Andrew was answering the question of what you would send somebody to in the UK, and it's ironic how much, I shouldn't even say this in public, Chuck Miller and I think alike, but as I was answering my own question, I thought if somebody came from another country and they said, we want to see agriculture in Nebraska, I would tell them to fly into the Omaha airport, and I would pick them up in the Omaha airport, and I would show them 1.7 no, we have in Omaha about 1 million people, 1.7 in the entire state. 1 million people that have concrete condos and consumers. You can't find grass, you can't find food, you, you know, it's just where people consume products. And then I would load them up in my pickup, and I would drive on the highway showing everything about Nebraska that's involved in food production. And I would go to Brewster, Nebraska, which we drove through yesterday. And Brewster, Nebraska is, is the only town only village in the county of blaine and there's 461 people in blaine county nebraska and i would drive them up north of blaine uh, north of brewster and they would look at these rolling hills that most people drive through western kansas nebraska and even in the eastern uh, plains of colorado and they say there's nothing out there and i would show them how that nothing out there enables people in omaha to live without any concern about where their food comes from. And then I would take the next step and explain the whole photosynthesis process and how we use a ruminant animal to take that nothing out there and turn it into the essentials of life. That's just what came to my mind. And then Chuck always goes to water, which makes sense. And you have 30 seconds with whatever you're about to do.
2: But Nebraska still can't play football this year. Big shot, let's talk about uh, women's uh, volleyball.
1: Is that football with a foot? (laughs)
2: Yeah, uh, all Nebraskans have went to volleyball and forgot football.
0: And I have to remind you about something very good about Denver, Colorado. That is the National Western 2024. There's a guy in this room that's taken a tremendous shape into how powerful the 2024 National Western is going to be. And you mentioned it before. Jim Odo had the idea that we should bring all these video companies together to have a commercial-bred female sale, and that is happening the first weekend of January at the National Western. More details, and check out the Pink Out Rodeo online nationalwestern.com we're back with the last segment of roll route right after this welcome back roll route trent Luce alongside chuck miller andrew henderson and the audience okay before you do anything next question comment from anybody in the audience oh oh right in front of you john and then bryson's got
4: something um, I would like to know what the people, the farmers in the Netherlands, are going to be doing about losing uh, their machinery and their to- and all of their farms.
1: This is where it gets quite emotional because um, we actually, Jim and I interviewed and so did Trent, a lady um, from Holland and uh, one of the biggest problems at the moment is uh, farmers committing suicide. Okay, so You've no idea, Anita was explaining to me, she's going around all these farms, and they've got nowhere to go here, because um, even though they are the largest party in their parliament, now the farmers came together too late, it's called the BBB, their party, they're the, number, the biggest supported party in Holland, um, they're getting offered 20% more than the value, well, the so-called value of their farms, and some of them have been backed into a corner and have taken the money, but the ones that haven't so far agreed to take the money, they're being told they'll never be able to buy a farm anywhere else in Europe, and they will be given a lower valuation than the actual value of their farms. The interesting thing is that, do you know what they want to do with some of this farmland? Build houses. You know, at the end of the day, I- I, Government houses? Yeah, government houses. Fifteen-minute cities. If you, if you, any of you know what that is? Anybody know what a fifteen-minute city is? Okay, well I'll tell you what it means. They've divided London into seven areas, and in seven areas of London, what will happen is that they're going to build multi-storey, high rise flats. Not, not dissimilar to some of the ones I've seen in some of your cities like Chicago. And uh, they will. Um, then what they'll do is they'll make sure that. There's a ring fence around that 15-minute city where only designated people, when you get your digital ID, will be able to go in and out, bringing goods and services to that area. You will have um, your, what I would call, star-everyday stickers that you'll get for behaving. And once you've got enough stars, you might be allowed to go away for a week on holiday and use some of the carbon that you've saved from only using your bicycle to buy all your food. You think I'm joking. You go on the line on the, on the, uh, onto the Internet, and you'll find that Holland is doing it. They're trialing it in the U.K. Liverpool, which is an hour from where I live, they're putting seven, 15-minute cities in there. They'll call it something else here. It's, it's called Agenda 2030. Look it up. It's the, uh, the, the World Economic Forum's plan to control us. And just remember this: the carbon they want to get rid of is you. They want to go from 8, million to 1, 8 billion to 1 billion people by the year 2035. And what's worse is they tell you John Kerry has actually told people that's what he wants to see happen. And people just think, I ah, can't be right. Well, it is. So the analogy of the
2: 15-minute city, we call that gated communities in the city of Denver.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, there you go.
0: <laughs> no,
2: People they still are paying park, to put up fences around their communities called gated communities, which protects them from all the people on the
1: outside. Well, okay. That could be another way of doing it because as long as you have protected Andrew, it, it's at some stage, somebody's going to have to bring food in and uh, take food out. This is all planned, folks. It's not a conspiracy theory. I want to
0: interject, Chuck. That there are 16 cities in the United States that have already talked about this, but they don't call them 15-minute cities because that's a lot of what happens here. They come up with something in Europe or the UK or wherever it may be. They call it something and they pretend it is something different in the United States. In the United States, but go search at DuckDuckGo. Don't use that other one. See 40 cities, and there are, I believe, it's 16. That have already signed on to be C40 cities, which I wanted you also to mention that you don't own a vehicle in one of these cities. Yeah, you don't own a
1: vehicle. And um, if you go onto the UK website of the councils in the UK, which is similar to your councils, you'll find that over half the Labour councils, which is the Democrat councils in the United Kingdom, have already signed, out, signed up for 15-minute cities. They want to enslave their own voters. It's incredible. So we're not
0: doing so good at an uplifting conversation here, Chuck. You want to take it in another direction? Well, I, I, uh, I
2: guess what's really on my mind nowadays is how are we
0: involving our young
2: individuals, our children and our grandchildren? How are we sitting down and listening to their concerns and what their thoughts are in everything that's going on? We're we're talking every day over top the heads of a lot of adults, and we're and we're commingling all these different things. And what's important today is gone tomorrow.
1: Well, we've seen this week, uh, in fairness to Trent and the f- farmers that we've met across uh, seven states in America, that you have an FFA, and we had a one large group of them that came. Uh, The other day, is there any young FFA members in here today? I see some. They're the people that should be taking the message to their own uh, year groups. They should be standing up and saying, Mum, Dad, Ma, Pa, or whatever you say, and saying, Why are you taking all this money for the government that I'm going to have to pay back in 10 years' time? What are you doing?
0: You have an FFA instructor in the front row.
1: There you go. Well, I'm looking forward to you coming to the UK then because we've got a young farmer's. group, but they're not really integrating urbanly. And that's going to be the, the ticket, Is going to be to tr- try and get, uh, to bring urban and rural communities together. It is going to take action, and look, as we've been sat here, what a fantastic crowd have arrived here in such terrible weather, and uh, so there's obviously the will, and when there's a will, there's a way.
2: That's right, and I just want to keep elaborating on the young people, and what are we, what are we doing? Are we taking enough time? Uh, they're trying to get uh, history out of our out of our school systems They're trying to teach all these new things to our young individuals And uh, we the parents and the grandparents are probably busier today Than we've ever been in our lives doing many many more things and it's only going to get worse because It's not on the verge of having to have both mom and dad working nowadays 8 to 12 hours a day and so the kids are in school or not around us the majority of the day because they do have to sleep for seven or eight hours.
0: It appears as though you're filibustering to keep this guy who's wanting to say something. And I wanna say thank you to Bryson Miller for canceling the sale today so that he could be here and he didn't pull all of you guys away. Big round of applause to auctioneers Miller and Associates for (laughs) coming in here today. Bryson, what's up?
3: I don't know how much time we have, but uh, uh, just just what came to mind, and maybe we're just going to set this up for conversation throughout the rest of the afternoon. But we talked about border security. We talked about uh, taking licenses, ATF licenses for firearm sales. We've touched on a lot of topics, but just a fraction of them. And as we sit here today, this is the same group of people that we see in this community a lot, communities across the country that, that are striving to be sheepdogs. And the brick wall that we continue to run into is the sheer volume of sheep that are in our society. And so, what's come to my mind throughout this conversation is how do we take the next step? Because I believe the brick wall is this that a lot of members of our society continue to look at these issues as conspiracy theories. Yeah. They do, as we have these conversations. And the misconception in my opinion is that the thought process is that there's some huge web and network working within our country and around the world with globalists that um, everybody knows what's going on that's that's involved and I think what I'd like to hear especially from you Andrew and your experiences in these types of things that have happened maybe ahead of us here in America is do you, do you agree with me that the people that are at the grassroots of causing chaos and rooting problems and things, they're not part of the network, that there is a select group of people that are running the puppet strings and they're creating these things within our society?
1: Yes, you're 100% correct. Plus, we there's a lot more of us than there are of them. Um, and that's why I, I think that... Um, Trent and I wanted Jim to come along for this week because we do need to start to communicate as a majority. We don't need to just stay locally and make laws locally, which I agree with Trent, that's where it all begins. But we do need to start communicate more than just in our local communities because together we can bring these people to their knees. And we don't have to do it with force. We, have, we do it with the truth. We pull the truth out of wh- where is the money going to Ukraine? Where Who actually did fund Hamas, Hezbollah, the Iranians, and uh, Israel? We need to make those people come out of the shadows because, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, the United States government have financed all four of those organizations. So you need to, you know... Pull your head out of the, the sand. Be and, careful. And,
0: pardon? Be careful. There's seven words you can't say on the radio. Ashley, did you have a question? We only got one minute left. I said the pull out of the sand. I know. I was, I was anticipating you were going to go somewhere else. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, final thing about Bryson Miller, local school board member, that makes a difference. 30-second uh, wrap-up, Chuck. Well, indeed, it's been an honor to sit between you two and uh, and in front of
2: everybody that came today, uh, young and old. And uh, it just blows me away each and every day that I get out of bed as to uh, the different effects that are going on, and all of the strings that are being pulled and attached. And it just blows me away. And I guess I finish up with, and I'm going to get emotional. But our uh, parents and grandparents went to extreme sacrifices to create something that we have had the opportunity to share and to enjoy. And how do I do my part in leaving it a better place for those young ones sitting out there?
1: Andrew Henderson, 30 seconds. You do what you're trying to do. You try to make people see what's in front of their faces and we can react together because truth always wins.
0: At the end of the day, I think that we all agree. There's two things that I wanna say in my 30 seconds and that is that uh, to Bryson's point, Our job, and Andrew and I have identified that this week with Across the Pond and all the things that we do is to to give you the confidence and the information and the tools because it's far too often that I share something with somebody in Weld County and all of a sudden I hear them saying, well I thought that was the case but I was afraid I was gonna be the only one that thought that. We can't have people thinking they're on an island or an oasis, we bring them all together. And what does bring us all together is something that Chuck is point blank alluding to and telling us Sydney Miller's and our kids and our grandkids are all we're really working for right now and they're dependent upon us and thanks to the veterans who have given us the chance to make that happen. Yeah. We've successfully journeyed down the path connecting food producers to food consumers from High Plains Cattle Supply Brush Colorado and we all remind you that all roads do lead to a roll route and the crowd
4: goes... <laughs>
0: Wild.